Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sarah Peck, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. Hey, everyone. I am back in your podcast inbox to share a short update. This is the second writing update that I want to share with you. Many of you know that I've put the long-form interviews of this podcast on hold just for a short time, just for this fall, while I focus on doing a couple of writing projects that are important. Today, I get to share some really good news. We just shipped one of our first ebooks. I will tell you the title of the ebook and even read a little excerpt out loud in this episode towards the end. If you want to go behind the scenes and hear about why we decided to make this shift and what it has taken to write these books, that's what today's episode is about. And then stick around to the end because I will share an excerpt from the ebook that we just released. Here's the update on all things writing. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. A couple of quick things before we begin. We are approaching the end of the year, and I am hosting a year-end planning workshop with some of my favorite review and reflection questions, as well as my process for plotting out your entire year and figuring out how to do less next year. If you want to do half as much or you want to cut things off your plate, come join me. I have a process I love and I use it every time I get overwhelmed. You can sign up to be a part of this program at startuppregnant.com slash year end workshop. Go sign up today. We will be hosting this workshop in December and in January. Speaking of exciting things that are coming up, The Wise Women's Council is soon opening for registration. If you have been watching us this year with our Community Mastermind and the Wise Women's Council, we will be opening up early bird enrollment in January. If you want to get on the wait list and you want to be a part of the Wise Women's Council next year, check out all the details at startuppregnant.com slash wise women's council. You can also use the URL startuppregnant.com slash WWC. Those are the initials for Wise Women's Council, and you will get all the details on our year-long program. We kick it off in March. We go for the entire year together. We have a closing ceremony in November. If you want to apply to be a part of this program, definitely watch for the applications to be open because they open for early bird registration in January, and then regular applications, regular enrollment starts in February. Don't miss next year. We're going to have an amazing group of women in 2020. 20. If you want to be a part of the Wise Women's Council, go check it out, see what it's about, and then I hope you apply to join. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to these little updates. I'm sharing some small snippets behind the scenes of what's happening as I kind of go dark on the podcast and really focus on getting a few things done and shipping them. So first of all, If you are just tuning in after a while and you haven't listened to this podcast and you're like, what is this podcast? Who is this person talking to me? Let me give you some context before I dive in. My name is Sarah. I'm the host of the Startup Pregnant Podcast. This is a show where I traditionally do long-form interviews with female founders and women in leadership all about their journeys in pregnancy, postpartum, and parenting, as well as work. So I look at their businesses, but also the intersection of work and life. 
I started this podcast shortly after I had my first kid, mostly as a research project for a book that I was writing. I wanted to see how other women were navigating parenting and pregnancy while being full-time driven career women. And I also wanted to get and gather more stories around motherhood because I just wasn't seeing enough diversity in the stories around what it looks like to be a parent. There's so much of like a culture of motherhood and mommy blogging that just didn't resonate with me personally. So I went on a quest to kind of uncover and unpack stories and find mentors and learn from other people. And that morphed into this podcast. The interviews were so informative and I had so many people write to me about them. They said, oh my gosh, I haven't heard anyone talking about this stuff. And I love listening to these stories that I kept going. So today I have two kids. There are currently ages one. He just turned one. Happy birthday, little one. And three and a half. And we are 125 podcast episodes into this show, which kind of still blows my mind. We also started this Ask Me Anything, where you can ask me any questions you want if you are a Patreon backer. So if you support this podcast in a micro amount, it's like there are options to support in $1, $4, and $7 increments. If you support us at the $7 level, we have a private podcast called Ask Sarah. That's me. I'm Sarah. And you can ask me questions about parenting, about pregnancy, about what I'm reading, about you can ask about philosophy, about business, about marketing, about writing. And so far, we've done three episodes, one on baby sleep, one on how to decide what size family is right for you and whether or not you know. And I, I shared my point of view on that. I find it incredibly hard to know. I think there's so many different ways our lives can go. And some people feel uh, like certain and ready set. And for me, it wasn't that way at all. And then in the latest episode of Ask Sarah, I dig into a marketing puzzle for someone who had a pretty high end, high ticket item and was struggling to get sales and close sales because they had just started their business and they just found out they're pregnant and they're trying to get a lot of things done before they take their next maternity leave. So if you want to know how to access the private podcast and access these episodes, what's cool about Patreon is there is this secret RSS link, which any podcast player that you have, like whether you use Overcast or the Apple podcast or Stitcher, you can paste the RSS link in, you get this secret link, and then it shows up in your podcast feed just like any other podcast. The links, if you are curious about that, are in the show notes, or if you happen to be listening and have an amazing memory, it is patreon.com slash startuppregnant, and you can ask me a question, and the place you do that is startuppregnant.com slash question. So with all of this production, with the 125 episodes plus the monthly podcast, the private podcast, and as you can imagine, being knees deep in podcasting and kind of looking around and saying, um... Help, I can't get the other things done that I want to get done. And so I had this moment where I realized that I've lost some time to focus on many of the other projects that I want to be working on. And specifically, I have in my notebooks and my Google Docs and my journals and my Scrivener in like all of the places I write, I am circling around. I have a folder of seven to 10 ideas for these little mini books that I want to write. And the reason I want to write mini books is I think there's something really sweet about the 10,000 to 20,000 word mark where you go deep on a specific topic, but you can read it pretty quickly. Like you can read it in a weekend, you can get exactly what you need to know out of it. And it's longer than a blog post. 
most journalistic spaces where you submit something, 1,000 to 1,200 words is going to be the upper absolute max. So most of us are conditioned to reading about 1,000 words in an article. There are some places where 800 words is the limit, and you can't go over it. Many writing schools around the country will teach you the art of the 800-word article, how to write an arc and get a good lead, get a good nugget in there, like tell the start with a good story do the right expository amount of information and really land and sink your teeth into enough research that it's sustain- like credible and backed, but then doesn't drag on too long. Many of us actually are so trained in reading this kind of content that if we stumble across a piece that's 1,600 words or 1,800 words, we won't keep reading. We will stop. And that's about when we just start scrolling or we switch pages. That's where you can see a bounce rate, people like bouncing off and going somewhere else. And if you have something like a heat map installed on your website, you can actually track where people stop reading, which is a pretty cool tool. I have just gone so deep right now in content marketing, which is kind of part of my background. But I know that you, like me, like geeking out on things. So that said... For me, when I go and I find something that's 5,000 words, but it's on a specific topic of something I really want to know, it hooks me and sustains my attention so well. Most of the time, it's at that tipping point where you read 1,200 words and you've read like 10 articles on a topic and you're like, none of these are telling me what I need to know. And you're ready to get 10,000 words deep on exactly when to do baby led weaning and exactly how to do bottle feeding from four months to eight months or exactly the templates that you need for your maternity leave or parental leave or paid leave, exactly the scripts that people use to say no over and over again. You just want more of the details. You want the templates. You want the scripts. That's where, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I read so much about health, wellness, food, and weightlifting. My partner and I read about that. And I will, we will go deep into the 8,000 and 10,000 word long blog posts. And so that's the sweet spot that I want to start working on. I want to write longer content that is incredibly useful. And there are a number of ideas swirling around in my head. A couple of them I've already written three or 4,000 words on, and some of them are just calling my name. So for the fall of 2019, I am pausing the long form interviews and focusing on writing as many of these ebooks as I can. But when I think realistically about 90 days, especially the fall season, I think I can do one per month. So my goal is three. And then given what I know about how life works and how parenting can be interruptive and how things don't go according to plan, and then also that we have the holidays coming up, my ambitious goal is to finish two in 90 days. I like to set underwhelming goals and achieve them. And that tends to work really well for me. So I I have really audacious, lofty plans, things that I want to do. And then I scale it back and say, okay, what's realistic? Like, what's the realistic amount here? And if I get half as much done, is that still satisfying? And I learned some of this too from Megan Hale, who is one of our guest teachers in the mastermind community that we have. And she talked about her system of goal setting, which is good, better, 
best. And it works really well. Like if you're setting, you know, financial targets and you're like, okay, I want to do an upcoming launch and like a good launch, I want to make $5,000, a better launch, I want to make 15 or I mean 10,000 and the best, I want to make $15,000 based on the size of my email list and the dollar value of the product and past experience. Or I've never done this before. So like good is one sale and better is five sales and best is anything above five sales, right? We can have different good, better, and best goals based on how much knowledge we have of what we're doing and setting some realistic boundaries and buffers so that there's a range instead of a target. Because I don't know, if I set four ebooks and then I write three and I beat myself up over the fact that I'm like, oh, I only wrote three. Like that was so bad. That's not true. That's wonderful. That's amazing. I just happened to set a goal that I didn't hit. And sometimes we get too attached to our outcomes and forget that progress is also important. So for me, my goal over the next 90 days, actually, we've only got about 65 days when this goes live, about 60 days left. So my goal is to finish two ebooks in 90 days and publish them on Startup Pregnant. So drum roll, please. I just finished the first one. Yay! Like, I'm gonna see if we can put some sound in here and like cheer and hurrah! Yay! <laughs> we just did it. We being me and my computer. Me, my computer, my coffee cup, and my pump parts. We did it. We did the first ebook. Over the last three weeks, I have been focused on the first mini book called The Pregnancy Reading List. Here's the subtitle The Pregnancy Reading List Short, sweet summaries of all the books so that you can take all the naps. I have read probably a hundred, if not more, books on motherhood, parenting, pregnancy, fertility, women's health, wellness, and postpartum care. I mean, everybody that comes onto this show usually has a book, and then I read their book in advance of the interviews. And the number of books I've read, both by being a geek, being a little overwhelmed by motherhood myself in the beginning, and then also just because of my dear love of reading. I have read a lot of these books, and I get this question a ton from all over. Friends who just find out they're pregnant, people who are on the email list who want to know what I recommend. Even guy friends of mine text me and they say, hey, what book should I be reading to support my partner? They say, what's the best pregnancy book for my friend? Or do you have any favorite parenting books? These are the questions I'm getting a lot. And I mean, gosh, I do have a lot of favorites, but I also know how overwhelming it is. And for some reason, like all of these books are also these massive toms. It's like a 900 page book arrives. Boom. Please read this before you have a baby. And you're like, look, I'm already carrying around a baby and growing and I'm exhausted. How do I read all of this? So I thought to myself, okay, if I could make a short primer, like a best of list of all the books that I recommend, how would I organize it and what would I say? Which turned out to be a bit of an organizational challenge because I started to think about how do I account for the various points of view? Because there's so many different ways to become a parent and to be a parent. And there are so many big pieces of pregnancy, like even pre-pregnancy fertility and the loss that can happen along your pregnancy journey and the expectations and the highs and the lows. Like, How do I take into account all of these many, many, many different stories and adventures and journeys to becoming a parent? So that has been my focus, this organizational challenge for the last three weeks. And I've been doing this sprint 
where I'm taking my notes from the books and then trying to figure out how to organize it and consolidate it and make it super short so it's easy to read. I have been organizing and writing and summarizing and culling. I've been getting up early just because it's like a little bit of uninterrupted time in the morning to write. And then I set these timers to do, I try to do two or three Pomodoros, four if I I can squeeze it in and just say, okay, write for these four Pomodoros, put as much down as you can and keep going. The book is a little bit longer than I expected. It's about 24,000 words. I was aiming, like I was telling you, for about 10 to 20,000 words, just a hair longer. And it currently covers 58 different books on women's health, fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, childbirth, babies, and returning to work. Whew. The good news, the book is now available on our website. If you go to startuppregnant.com slash mini books, you will see all the books that we are working on. And you'll see that the pregnancy reading list is available right now. It comes in PDF, Moby, EPUB and web format. So it's all digital. You can read it on your e-reader, your Kindle on any website or download it and save it as a PDF. The super cool thing about the publishing platform that we are using is that when you buy a copy of the book, you also get free access to all of the future versions of the book. So every time I update the book, when I add more summaries, cover more books, add more notes, explain something in more detail, you get a free download of the latest version in addition to the current version. So let me see if I can take you inside of the book and tell you a little bit about how I organized it. What I'm trying to do with this book is answer the question, what book should I buy or what book should I borrow for me? Like for me in my pregnancy journey and which one should I skip? And knowing that that's a different answer for every person, how do I point you to the right amount of information while not overwhelming you? Here's what I did when I organized it. I think it is really important to know that everyone has a different point of view about what's going to be most important. At Startup Pregnant and in my own life, I take evidence-based approaches really seriously. I look for the data. I look for the evidence. I look for any studies and scientific backing authors that prioritize those. And look at like, okay, what is the actual information telling us about whether or not one approach is better or worse? And the good news is that 90% of the time, most approaches are all fine. Like you sleep train your kid or you don't sleep train your kid, your six-year-olds are all going to be fine. They're all just going to have six-year-old problems. They're not going to have sleep problems. So the good news is that from there, what matters next is finding the right fit for you and your family and making choices that help you. So go into this knowing I prioritize books that tend to be well-researched, and then I add my own layer of skepticism for books that are more to only advice-based. But I also know that the role of parenting is to find your new normal and your personal proximity to sanity. And there isn't one dogmatic path or answer. There isn't like, this is the only book you need to read, and here's why. It's, hey, these books might work for you if you tend to fall into this approach, and these books might work for you if you think you're going to fall into this approach. So let me read you a little excerpt. Chapter 7, Newborns and Babies. Your baby manual, picking one. One of the first things you'll begin to figure out, loosely, is what approach to parenting and babies fits your style best. There are a couple of coffee table-sized books on babies that can be extremely helpful. People often pick up either What to Expect the First Year or the massive Dr. Sears book called The Baby Book, or if you're me, both. For me, what to expect fit my personality a bit better. I know a lot of folks really jived well with the attachment parenting philosophies, but I personally needed a different approach. Much like how the phrase, quote, natural, quote, childbirth creates a binary where the presumed opposite is unnatural, I find the idea of attachment parenting sometimes inadvertently divisive. 
The insinuation that parents are non-attached if they don't choose attachment parenting styles is problematic to me. It's also a misconception. Secure attachment happens with a loving caregiver, and it does not depend on your sleep arrangement, scheduled or non-scheduled feedings, or other choices. Strong attachments are formed with consistent, loving, present caregivers. For these reasons, I personally lean slightly away from the Dr. Sears books, although I have friends that have adored them. For me, I always felt slightly like I was being a little bit judged or making a mistake, and that added layer of anxiety around what I wasn't doing right didn't suit my needs. I wanted to know I was doing a good enough job and to know that we can make a variety of choices as parents and the kids will be okay. And here is where it is okay to disagree with me. If you read attachment parenting approaches and you feel like they are your jam and they make you feel more confident, calm, and happy as a parent, then stock your bookshelves with what you need to be the best version of you as a parent the way you want to be. So that's an example of what I'm doing in the pregnancy reading list that where I'm giving my opinion and my read on the books and I go through in this chapter seven and I talk about the two big books, you know, what to expect and the Dr. Sears baby book. And then I also throw in one of my favorites, Bringing Up Baby by Pamela Druckerman, which is all around, like it just warmed my heart. It's short, it's sweet, it's little. And it gave me a kind of confident calm in terms of approaching parenthood. I also loved Parent Hacks, Genius Shortcuts, Shortcuts for Life with Kids. And I thought the Baby Owner's Manual, which is this like colorful pictures and graphics and a modernized version of the coffee table books of 20 and 30 years ago, it felt really easy and useful. So I go through and I list the books that really helped me, the books that are out there, and I share who I think they're for and how I think they work. And then in the next section, I talk about figuring out newborns, which is so much in the first year of parenting. You're presented with this brand new human, and the things that you need to do are learn who your baby is, figure out how to soothe them. Figure out how you get sleep, you, your baby, your partner, how you get sleep, and then figure out how to feed them. All of these things, figuring out your baby, figuring out soothing, sleep, and feeding, each one of those things can be a mountainous challenge. And I think it's some people get one or two of these as challenges. Their babies are strong suckers. The feeding goes pretty well. They really enjoy, they don't have any colic and the babies are pretty content, but they may be really challenged in other areas. Like they need a lot of help with the sleep department or figuring out solid foods is a real challenge. And I think it's these like four mountains of learning curves can just be incredibly overwhelming. And if you happen to have four really steep mountains, you feel like you're going insane. So in this book, I say, hey, here are the buckets, figure out which bucket is the hardest or the one you need the most help and support with. And remember that you won't know this in advance, like you are going to go into a learning curve and you're going to be learning it as you go. And that's one of the reasons why the first year is so incredibly challenging. And then the last kind of piece of advice that I really love sharing and talking about is the fact that it takes time to figure out who you are as a parent and who your baby is. We can have preconceived notions about who we think we're going to be. And I say, oh, I'm definitely going to do this approach. And then our baby comes out and they're incredibly demanding or incredibly challenging, or they're very different than what we expected, or they are like, we turn into these mushy, gushy, gooey messes, and it's different than we expected. Like it just finding the fit between you and your kid and getting to know them and meeting them and getting to know you and meeting yourself as a parent is an ongoing dance and an exploration. And it's not something that's set in stone. It's something that kind of evolves over time. So that's it, y'all. 
That is what I have been working on and putting together. There's so much amazing information out there. My goal was to consolidate it into one easy to use resource to kind of give you a lay of the land. And I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast and you're listening to this episode, you know my point of view and you know how I approach things. So it could be really useful to have my opinion on like, here are the books that worked, here are the books that didn't. And you know also that I add the generous caveat that like every human is different and every baby is different. So some of the things that worked for me with my first didn't work for my second. Some of the things that worked for our family didn't work for my sister's family. Some of the things for my sister's family weren't for my friend. And like all of these approaches are part of the huge work that is parenting and the work that you're undertaking in your pregnancy journey. If you would like to buy a copy of this book, it is now available. You go to startuppregnant.com slash mini books. There are all of our books listed there. I am going to dive back in for the next three or four weeks and work on producing the next ebook. This has been really fun to have these mini sprints and challenges, and I'm so grateful that I get to update you on them as well. All in all, I think the entire process took me just shy of 100 hours, between 80 to 90 hours. What I did was I did Pomodoro cycles, usually three or four times 40 minutes. If I had the time, I took three hours, and I tracked how long it took me to write the summaries within that time period. So the first round that I did, I had three hours and I wrote like nine different summaries. And I realized also that I picked the easiest summaries to do first. So my pace got slower and slower as it got harder and harder to really round up everything. And I finished the first pass of the entire book in about 40 to 50 hours. But then I went back through and I spent a significant amount of time editing and revising, consolidating, and then did some structural reorganization a couple of times until I got something that I was satisfied with. The other part that was surprisingly challenging was memoirs. Apparently, I read memoirs like candy, like eating candy. I have read so many memoirs on motherhood and parenting. So I included, I think, about 20 memoirs in there of books I just adored because I think seeing inside the life and the mind of people who are going through this has just been its so enriching to me. So I included a list of memoirs that I think are really fun for people. But calling that list down was a challenge, like figuring out which ones to include and not include. So I actually have a bonus list of, I think it's 24 additional memoirs that I don't do summaries for, but I do recommend. So if you're looking for book recommendations, there are a lot in this ebook. Thanks everyone for listening. This has been my second update in the fall series where I am sharing behind the scenes of how the writing process is going. If you would like to grab a copy of the pregnancy reading list and get all of my summaries and recommendations, then go over to startuppregnant.com slash mini books. You can see the fancy new ebook that we just released. I'm really proud of it. I would love to know what you think. And more than that, I hope it is useful for you. I have had people tell me that they are excited about this book because they really want their partners or spouses to read it, or they feel completely overwhelmed and they wish they could peek over my shoulder and look at all of my notes. That is my hope and goal with this book, and I hope you enjoy it. So thanks for listening to this update and for being here behind the scenes as I make this work and put it into the world. Hey, 
everyone, just a heads up and a reminder, if you want to listen to our long form Ask Me Anything sessions, they are 30, 45, and sometimes 60 minutes in length, and they we go deep into questions that people have. If you want me to look at your business, you want me to comment on your marketing plan, or you have a question about parenting, pregnancy, or anything in between, we are taking listener questions, and I answer them in a monthly Ask Me Anything fireside chat. It's available only to our Patreon supporters. So if you back us at the $7 a month level, you get access to this private podcast. You can get access to all of the past episodes, which is pretty cool. So if you're missing the podcast while we're on our hiatus and you want to take a listen in to these Ask Me Anything episodes, go over to Patreon and become a monthly backer at the $7 per month level and you'll get access to all of the future episodes, as well as all of the past episodes. Keep in mind that you are also supporting the work of Startup Pregnant and our growth in these early days, and that matters a ton. Every dollar helps and counts, and we appreciate so much and are grateful for your support. Patreon.com slash Startup Pregnant will take you right there. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Did I spell that right? Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Yes. Patreon.com slash Startup Pregnant will take you there. The link will be right here in the show notes. You can go straight there. $7 a month and you get access to this entirely exclusive Patreon-only podcast. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And you know, I always say this and I mean it. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like our show. It takes a few seconds and it really does help us a lot. If you want more of what we're talking about, go over to startuppregnant.com and get on our email list. We send out a weekly newsletter with time-saving tips for parents and entrepreneurs. And I always include a weekly gadget or tool or something awesome that we've stumbled upon to help make your life just a little bit easier. And as always, you can reach out to us at hello at startuppregnant.com. We love hearing from you.